On behalf of the Art Gallery of Alberta, I would like to begin by respectfully acknowledging that we are gathered on Treaty 6 territory, a traditional meeting and living ground for diverse First Nations, Métis, and Inuit people. Hi, it's Wayne McKenzie, and we've been happy to participate in putting this show together for Sydney. You know, when you see a, about a nine-foot stepladder covered with all of his work, you can't help but notice it. And I, one thing I really hoped was that when people went to football games, they would always see them. He kind of kept true to who he was and what he was all about. You know, he was just, if he liked a shape or he liked a, a, an alligator or an alien, he just painted it. There was no, you know, no fake thing about it. It was just, he liked it, he did it. To me, it was just simplicity personified and just love it. He's a very humble and unassuming person. Oh, my dad, Sidney Kelsey, was um, a very quiet, introverted man. Grew up in Nova Scotia, poor black community. Uh, he joined the Navy when he was 16 years old. He, he was a merchant marine, so he got someone to forge documents so that he could do that um, because his life in Nova Scotia was very unpleasant for him. Back in Nova Scotia at that time, he was not allowed to go to school. So he joined the Navy and he went to Merchant Marines and World War II and wherever that took him through his journeys. We really did not have that conversation because war was not something he ever wanted to talk about. But he ended up in Vancouver at that time. And then from BC, he came to Alberta and he went back to BC because he apparently enjoyed working in the logging camps. And I guess the work for that was plentiful and you didn't really need education, but he got injured. And so that kind of put out end to that and he came back to Alberta. He became a painter. He painted houses. He did try to go to school in his adult life but found it very frustrating and so he found himself being you know at home and idle and because painting was kind of uh, his forte he really enjoyed painting houses and he started dabbling around the house. He would paint the walls various colors and I'm a teenager and I'm thinking oh my goodness I don't know what's happening here. I'm thinking, I can't bring my friends to this house. Before you know it, he was doing the, the carpentry work. He would be cutting out circles and diagrams of different shapes and, and animals and whatever and painting them. I guess it must have been my mom who encouraged him to hang them up so that he could enjoy them and they could both enjoy them. And he started hanging items and objects all over the fence. As soon as you came down the rolling road, you would notice this house like instantly. And I don't believe he ever intended for it to be a spectacle in that way, but I don't think he ever dreamed that they would be taking that much of an interest. And my mother always encouraged him to continue because obviously she had to deal with his boredom. So if he could go out there and you know paint some objects or whatever to keep him occupied, it kept him out of her hair essentially. And then we moved over by the stadium and his artwork was erected in that place that we lived. And so when people would walk by, because it was a major walkway, roadway, living across from the stadium, he garnered more attention. And I do believe that was at that residence, perhaps that he met Wayne McKenzie. But Wayne kind of took him out of his shell a little bit, because I think initially too, he wasn't really going to entertain Wayne. Because again, he didn't think what he was doing was something that special that other people would be interested in. But again, my mom said, you know, give it a shot. You know, what do you got to lose? I originally was introduced to him 
by driving past his house many times and seeing all the stuff in his yard and thinking, ah, interesting stuff, but I never really formally met him until David Staples wrote an article about him. And so I called David and found out uh, more information about Sid and his phone number and whatnot. And it was at that point that I called him up to see if I could come and pay a visit to him about his artwork. I'm David Staples. I, I've worked at the Edmonton Journal since 1985. And it was it was my time as a feature writer writing about interesting characters around the city that I got to know Sid Kelsey. I attended Edmonton Eskimo football games. One year, and I think it's probably 86 or 87, I came out of the stadium and was exiting the stadium and was walking along the street with my friends. When I walked by this yard, it was kind of the most astonishing and crazy yard I've ever seen in my life. It looked like the bomb had gone off and scattered art on every single tree um, in the yard. It was covered in hangings. Even that night, I was so astonished by what I saw. I went and knocked on the door because I'm a journalist and you're always looking for stories. And I thought, well, this is different. This is a story. Here's this person who's created this, turned their, your, their yard into a piece of art. And I just knocked on the door and talked to him, Sid, briefly. And he agreed that, I think, to meet with me. Over those years, a number of things happened where Sid got increased recognition as an artist. He got a big show. He was part of a show at the McMichael Gallery. Nancy Kuesley put it together. Hi, my name is Nancy Towsley. I am an art critic, art writer, and sometime guest curator. Sidney had a very inventive imagination. When I spoke with him, he said these, he had a crazy idea. He, he always explained things as just popping into his head, that he didn't know where they came from. I think from looking at them, it's clear that some of the influences came right out of popular culture, even things like greeting cards. And he spent Saturdays at the mall, soaked up a lot of visual culture, and then he recycled it through his own imagination. Dave Staples from the Edmonton Journal even had some um, articles in the in the journal about him and perhaps some pictures and it just kind of snowballed a little bit um, so again my dad was very surprised never dreamed that it would go to that level when I talked about showing some of his artwork and was fairly reluctant to even think about it too much so we talked for quite a while. He showed me his work downstairs. And I mean, it was just tons of it sitting around in boxes and hanging all over the place. After we talked for a bit, I said, you know, think about it a little bit. And at that point, he and his wife agreed to do a show. They started putting pen to paper and coming up with a, a list of things that they wanted to show and what they were. When we held his first show, he was really nervous and so was his wife because they were really private people and they they didn't do a lot in the public. So, and we had maybe somewhere in the neighborhood of a hundred of his pieces that we just hung all over the walls the way he would hang them on wire, on coat hanger wires and whatnot, but they're all double-sided. So in effect, we had about 200 pieces and wanted him to come to the big opening. 
And we had a lot of people show up because a lot of people knew of his work. It's a small gallery, so it was a little uncomfortable there. So we set him up with a couple of nice chairs out on the front sidewalk. And people were actually streaming in and out, wanting to talk to him and just really enjoying Sydney. And he, he virtually had a permanent smile on his face, which was one of the few times I'd seen that sort of thing. And, you know, that, that made the whole thing worthwhile. And, uh, you know, he had on his, his really best cowboy shirt, with all embroidery on it and his nice cowboy hat. And he just, he basically held court for everybody. And it was just phenomenal. It was not an image that will ever uh, go out of my mind when I think of Sid. <laughs> you know, what Sidney did was more than keeping busy. He saw it as a hobby, and then he pushed it into this greater thing that was this yard show. And then it became really a, a, a personal creation that went beyond any individual object he made and, and took on a, a whole different life. So he would say, well, I did this, and then it gave me an idea to do that, and then I kept doing it. That's the simplest way to explain it. But once he saw what he did, he saw the, the possibility for what it could become. They were aliens with chiclet teeth and they were blue with yellow eyes and two sides and it was just really fun, odd shapes. And then when we picked up all his pieces and were hanging them, I saw other ones that I immediately put a sold sticker on. Where else do you see things like what we referred to as Elvis in a pink jumpsuit holding a camel? The amount of whimsy that is in his pieces is phenomenal. And it's just the kind of thing that brings a smile to your face What an artist does, or a writer does, is they, they in some level, they, they honor their community. You know, we live in Edmonton, Alberta. It's an out-of-the-way place, you know, on the edge of the American empire. You know, it's, it's, not a, it's not a place where, it's not the center of the art world, or the center of the literature world, or the center of anything, really. We're just on, we're on the periphery. So... But what we've seen throughout history is people who honor their community by um, seeing kind of the universal and it, seeing what's special in the place where they live and celebrating that. So I think that's what Sid Kelsey did for, does for Edmonton. And, and as we know more, as we think more about kind of communities um, which are marginalized and forgotten, I think Sid that did that for his own community. He's a black man, you know, from the Caribbean, from Nova Scotia, on the outside of the outside of the world, outside of society. So despite all of these handicaps, all of these things which kind of pushed him to the outer part of the world, he still had this incredible creative spirit that shone through to kind of um, highlight what he thought was special in himself and about his community. Sidney Kelsey is someone who has been placed within the category of folk art, and historically many folk artists have been ignored by art galleries and museums. 
My name is Danielle Siemens, and I am the Collections Manager and Curatorial Associate of the Art Gallery of Alberta. So many, like Kelsey, do not even consider themselves artists and did not participate in what we might refer to as the art world. But like all great artists, Kelsey was creative, he was resourceful, and he had an incredible personal vision. His decorated house both intrigued and delighted people. And I think it's very important that we look back to this figure to learn more about him and his art and to contribute to his lasting legacy. My name is Lindsay Sharman. I am one of the co-curators. Sidney Kelsey really kind of made a landmark out of his yard. And I think that he really kind of symbolizes that anybody can be an artist. And I think, you know, he kind of has this DIY kind of just make it work however you can outlook that I think is very kind of common in Edmonton and sort of be an artist on your own terms and kind of making those definitions of what art and what artists can be on your own. His story is like the story of many other so-called folk artists in Canada and that he started making art after he was retired and had a lot of energy. Once provided with leisure time, often people with latent talents that they've never used, probably since they made drawings when they were children, suddenly find that there's a whole new life in making beautiful, imaginative, sometimes whimsical things that give them pleasure and I think they're also made to give other people pleasure. You don't make a yard environment like Sid's without wanting people to look at it. He didn't really like it when people came into his yard, like many other folk artists who put things outside their house. They're looking to attract people to look at and admire and take pleasure from the work they've made. So this was his outlet. This is his way of talking about his inner world that was, you know, his thoughts and feelings inside of him were expressed in this way. I think it screams out about Sid's world. You know, there's dogs and demons and everything from Sid's world is represented in that art. So he's doing the same kind of thing for his community, for his own background, for his life. It was such a jumble, it was so overwhelming that that might go unnoticed at first, but I think if you did that, you would piece together the, the narrative and the stories of Sid's own life. Sidney's work is, is unique. The individual objects that we have now are fragments, really, of what his masterwork was, which was the yard. They're very inventive, very colorful. He was very good with his hands. His objects are well-made. They're well-designed. He was a house painter for 29 years or so, um, and he had skills, and he used house paint to make his work. Sid, Sid really stands out for the, the extent of this environment and for the delight of it. It was really like a wonderful garden. He had a room in the house dedicated just to painting. Um, and he had paint cans everywhere. You know, pieces of wood all over the place, half-starred projects that he would you know, multitask and try and get all these things done. 
And then, of course, my mother passed away, and that kind of stalled a lot of things for him as well because um, she certainly encouraged him. And when he wouldn't finish certain tasks or projects, she would make sure he did, you know, just encourage him to get that done, you know, because so that other people can enjoy it and perhaps someone might want to purchase it or maybe just want to hang it in the yard. Yeah, he was an interesting character. Um, he was good to his family, took care of his family, uh, even though he had limited skills for reading, writing, those kind of things. He was a hard worker as long as he could work. My father has been, he passed away at 22, 23 years ago now. I think if he would have still been alive, he would have been amazed himself. And even when I brought it to my daughter's attention, who's now like 35 years old, who was eight at the time, she's like, what, really, seriously? And so I had to, I wasn't quite sure if I had any pieces, because it had been over 20 years. But then I went into my garage and lo and behold, in this box buried deep in the back of the garage uh, were these pieces. There had to be at least 20, maybe 25 pieces that I even forgot I had. I did initially at one point hang some pieces, um, like little animal creatures in my apple tree and those kind of things, but the bigger pieces just went into that box and never saw the light of day. So I was happy in a way that you folks, you know, contacted me and asked me if I had those pieces. One day I was driving around and a new song came on and it was John Lee Hooker and Carlos Santana playing uh, The Healer. And it just really struck a note with me and it sort of reminded me of Sydney. So one time when, at the end, when he passed away, uh, David Staples came by uh, to do another article on, on Sid. So what I did was, he, when I knew he was coming, so I purposely put that album on and played the healer for him so he could understand how I felt and, and kind of the blue, it's all about the blues as a healer. And the way David Staples ended up putting it was, is for Sydney it was true, but it wasn't the blues that was a healer, it was art that was a healer for him. Backyard is a solo exhibition of the late Edmonton artist Sidney Kelsey. Kelsey was self-taught and came to art making later in life following his retirement. This is the first solo exhibition of Kelsey in a public gallery and it brings together over 60 works from mainly private collections. This exhibition was very fun to put together because it was like a big treasure hunt. So many people helped bring this together. I first approached the Alberta Foundation for the Arts and it was there that Gail Lint let me know about Wayne McKenzie. He himself was very fascinated by Sidney Kelsey and got to know him well over the years. There's also the curator and writer Nancy Towsley, who was based in Calgary, who included Kelsey in a Canadian folk art survey exhibition in the mid-1990s, and David Staples, who wrote a few articles about Kelsey for the Edmonton Journal. Both of these figures contributed to the public record on Kelsey and put his life and art into a greater context. 
I also want to acknowledge the photographer Richard Siemens, whose photo of Kelsey is included in the exhibition. It is one of only a few images of the artist we were able to find. I think it's important to shout out our amazing production team at the AGA, who made Lindsay and I's exhibition design come to fruition. And of course, Sydney's daughter Debbie Kelsey. She lent the most works to the exhibition and provided us with a great deal of insight into her father's practice. Without her, we truly wouldn't have an exhibition. You know, I think that a lot of times the world can be a very heavy place and very stressful. And I think it's really important to be able to look at those sort of more kind of heavy topics. But, you know, we also need some lightness. And so I hope that this show kind of, you know, gives a little bit of balance that people will come into it and, and really kind of see the possibilities of creativity and see the joy of creativity and have a little lightness or maybe, you know, inspiration. After he passed away, I think a lot of people, um, you know, largely forgot about him because his house was, you know, taken over and everything was removed. And so I think it's important that we've brought together so many of these pieces into an exhibition to really have this kind of lasting record of his amazing practice. I think his story can connect with many people today who feel like outsiders or who are struggling to understand their place in the world and seeking to express themselves. So I really hope that people leave this exhibition both delighted by his wonderful art and inspired. I was just struck again and again by his humility. You know, it was such a contrast, that humility with the explosion of personality that his yard had. He wasn't a big talker, to say the least. So, you know, there's this, there's, there's a mystery about him, but the art is a pretty good record. It tells us maybe everything that we need to know. Sid Kelsey was a wonderful artist and, and shouldn't be forgotten. So this show uh, will probably introduce him to people who have never heard of him, and that's all to the good. I think it's important for us to realize that creativity is something human. It's, it's one of the things that makes us human. And there are many kinds of artists and many kinds of imaginations, and we can learn something from all of them and also take great delight in what he made. He was, his unique art uh, is the product of a unique individual. Every time I think about him or I hear John Lee Hooker's music, or I go into the workshop and see his pieces. It brings a smile to my face and it just lightens up the mood and just makes life far more enjoyable. You know, he's a hardworking guy that, you know, put up with a lot of nonsense and city tearing stuff apart and throwing things away and not treating it with any kind of thought or respect. You know, everything is kind of turned around for him and in terms of when we had the show for him. He never changed a lot, personally. Nothing went to his head. Well, I guess that anybody can do some kind of form of art. Art is subjective, obviously. I, myself, personally, when I was growing up, didn't consider it art. Now that I'm much older, I look at it, and it's whimsical art. So I think anybody can take pleasure in that. Anybody who's got an interest 
putting some paint on a, on a piece of board. Go with your heart and just do what you need to do because art is art. Art is for everybody. Everybody can enjoy it. I think, yeah, he would just be tickled pink that people can do this. If he can do this, he would say, if I can do this, anybody can do this. And who knows, maybe there's another person out there who can do some naive folk art and have their own show. Who knows? Anything's possible.